Hello, my friends. This is Glenda Taylor. In this podcast today, I want to share with you a few thoughts about aging. When I was young, probably like most everybody else, I no doubt had a sort of unconscious, arrogant certainty about what I thought I knew. I could be an obnoxious know-it-all, or even if I, I was aware that I didn't know some things. I thought for certain that they could be known or could be understood, could be manipulated in some way to my own or someone else's benefit. And that's a good thing in a way because it motivates us to try to learn, to know more, to grow, to come up with creative ideas, expanding new bodies of knowledge. But in time, Most of us begin to experience the sometimes embarrassing fact that what we thought we knew for certain wasn't always true, or wasn't all of what was true. We discover that truth is more complex, more many-sided than we thought. Sometimes this causes a sort of existential angst to set in, a time of self-doubt, for many of us. Sometimes people get discouraged and think that because their understanding is inadequate, then everything is just all too uncertain and too difficult. Other people, most of us though, rally ourselves and carry on. They continue the search as it's called for truth, for certainty, for something they can actually rely on. Such people often speak of following a path, a way left by others, by the old ones, the great ones, the founders, or they follow the scientifically proven ways, the doctrines of science, or religion, or politics, or whatever. But always, I've noticed that there is what Well, what watercolorists refer to as those lost and found edges of things. When you're painting, attempting to create an image of a face, let's say, you don't just draw a hard line around the edge of the face that makes it look unreal, a cardboard cutout that jumps out of the painting unnaturally. Instead, you pay attention to how the light falls on the face, and you notice that because the way the light falls on certain areas, some edge just disappears and then reappears a little further on, so you paint that way. We say we paint lost and found edges, and that's how reality comes to seem to most of us as we go along. Sometimes reality or truth or the way seems hard-lined, clear, certain. Other times it fuzzes out, dissolves, disappears. Our certainty disappears. Our arrogant know-it-all-for-sure attitudes are shredded. We no longer trust what we know, even our most hard-won and best-validated truths are no longer so obviously certain. This can be devastating. Without certainty, many people lose their way giving up. They may even decide that everything is hopeless. This may be the root cause of suicide and indeed of most emotional depression. A person no longer has faith in what 
had been a reason to live, for example, the certainty that love exists, that goodness is possible, that we can attain any worthiness. This is the dark night of the soul that is often described. Most people, however, muddle through these times of the lost edges. They eventually find a thread again of something they have confidence in, have some sense of certainty about. They learn some new scientific evidence that broadens their perspective. They have new experiences that give them new hope. But by the time some of us are old enough, we've been through this so many times, this catching and losing the thread of certainty, that we are eventually humbled away from the notion that we can ever know it all or figure it all out. We haven't given up. We've just given up on certainty. We have to get by with something else. For some of us, this something else is simply possibility. We have, for example, experienced real love or real courage. We've seen it. We know it exists. But also we know that courage isn't always there, that sometimes love fails us. We realize that just because one desperate mother was somehow able to pick up the front of a car to save her child underneath, we can't expect that this will always happen. But by now we also know that just because it all doesn't always happen doesn't mean it isn't possible. Because we've had these experiences of courage or love or whatever, at least now we know that there is the possibility that it could happen. It could happen. The possibility of loving, the possibility of courage, these are real. There is a certainty, if you will, of the possibility of things. We may do a fine or good thing ourselves, a truly unselfish act. And we know that although we aren't always unselfish or good, and often we aren't, yet we know that there is the possibility of our being good. So we learn to value possibility instead of certainty. We become watercolorists, so to speak, watching the play of light and shadow to observe the lost and found edges of reality. And finally, at some point, we stop speaking in certainties, or we try not to speak in certainties, and we discount or distrust anyone else who goes around speaking in certainties. We value those whose eyes and actions tell us they've been around long enough to know that whatever they know is just one bit of the truth, one portion of reality, one place on the great circular spiraling wheel of things where opposites are not wrong because they're in conflict, but are merely two sides of one solid, inseparable coin, so to speak. We learn to value such concepts as the medicine wheel, the dynamic, moving process of life and reality, where things are not fixed, where the solid chair turns out to be dancing subatomic particles or waves of energy or both with no certain identity, where in quantum reality, like in watercolor painting, solid lines come and go, the edges of things appear and disappear. 
It's taken scientists a long time to get used to that new dimension of truth. Most lay people aren't there yet. But mystics have always known of this, of this mysterious dimension, shall we say, where things are not exactly what they seem. And old people, quite humbly, without knowing all the scientific facts or mystic formulaic truths or whatever, some old people get there because of their own experiences. We witness and experience things that we can't explain, but we know they are real. The human tendency, at least in the Western world, to give them names, to define them, that's the Western way. So, some people refer to a higher power, to God, to the cosmic, or quantum dimension, or dimensions. But naming the mysterious is like trying to pin down the wind. When we name something, we pin it down, limit it. It is this and not that. We think we can define it. This naming is comfortable in a way. It allows us for a while to have less uncertainty. But try defining someone you love, a spouse or a child that is growing up. Just when you think you know them, you discover something you didn't know about them, or they grow and change. The same is true of ourselves. We think we know who we are, what we're about, and then life happens. So we older ones come to live faithfully with uncertainty itself. Actually to value this unknown or not yet known or even perhaps this wholly unknowable mystery. We value it. We come to trust it as the only certainty for us. If we can't name it, and we have to call it something, we call it the undefinable or undefined. We call it mystery. And we give it a capital letter to make it sacred, mystery. The one thing that is certain. There's something, always something, just beyond what we know. Something mysterious, yet palpable, real. There are enough experiences we have that cause us to know for sure that there is something, some dimension of reality that intersects ours, that although we can't explain, we know that it happens, that it's there, that it teases us on, it lures us to continue our journey, or our search for a cure for a disease, for a new way of doing things, to solve global warming, to find true love, to live a decent life, whatever. Mystery feeds us. It seems actually we come to sense that it loves us. Perhaps it is us, or we are a part of it. But that's all fuzzy, uncertain. It's still most of all mystery. But it is one something that gives us life and peace and serenity in the face of the most daunting of changes and losses. Sure, we still get discouraged. We know how uncertain everything is. We know that everything we hold most true or honest or dear can be lost, swept away, disappear in an instant, in a heartbeat that stops in a hurricane or in a moment of madness or even careless speech. We know that life is precarious, but we know, too, that life is precious. The risk is worth the suffering. We know this because of our relationship to mystery. Our mantras become simple, open-ended, such as, there is only life, 
There is only love. I am in the life. I am in the love. Ultimately, we are able to believe in love, even if we can't trust any certainty about it. We know that love exists, and we learn to bear with the ways that it appears and disappears. We know that love is not an illusion when it seems to go away or fails us or we fail it. We know instead that we can simply lose sight of the edge of it at times. We know that at times we simply draw our lines too narrowly or too sharply, and thus we can miss the big picture, though we aren't even certain about those old cliches anymore. Everything seemingly bad isn't here just to teach us a lesson. It's here for its own reasons, and we're lucky if we draw any lesson from it. But whatever bad things happen, we can learn to treasure the love we get, the time we get. And just because those we love seem to go away, or just because things change doesn't mean that they are lost. Just because we lose sight of them doesn't mean they weren't or aren't real. Old people live in memories or in dreams of the future as much as in the present time. We come to treasure time itself in all its relativity. We know that past, present, future exist right now in our minds and in some blessed plane of, I don't know, multidimensional mystery. So I can just see in your eyes that this is getting quite airy-fairy, so I'll stop. I won't say that that's the end. There is no end. Tomorrow some of what I thought today will be smudged and I will become uncertain about it. Maybe even reject it. More likely expand it. Because tomorrow, hopefully, some new aspect of things will appear to me. If I leave things open-ended. If I am open-minded. If I am humbly attentive to a vaster mystery sometimes revealing itself in the most amazing and even loving ways. That's the best approach I know for me as an old person. These days I'm always valuing and being most grateful for the mystery that continues to spiral. I am always falling in love again and again with the dynamic, evolving, devolving uncertainty that is always, always full of possibility and thus of hope. All of that I send to you today. Mm-hmm.